Well, hey, we are in the middle of a series called Miracles, the Atmosphere of Heaven. And um, I said this a couple of weeks ago when we started this series that uh, I don't think that we quite realize how ready the Lord is to heal people. By the way, if you need a handout, raise your hand or a pen and we'll get those to you. If you need a handout or a pen... Let us know and we'll get those to you. If this is your first time, we have fill-ins for you. And I'm sorry it said last week's date on the fill-in because this was printed for last week's service, but just scratch it out and put April, the whatever this is, 4th. <clears throat> I was convicted in my heart because one of my cousins was dealing with some, some pretty... Uh, anybody else? Keep your hand up and look. Isn't this, isn't this a handsome young man right here handing those out? J-Rod and... Any of you ladies looking for a boyfriend? He is available. He's single, ready to mingle. Let him to put your hand down. That's just weird. <laughs> you know it's desperation. I'm available too. <laughs> I have no idea what I was telling you guys. Oh, my cousin. So my cousin was dealing with physical symptoms, and Pastor Brian, the Sunday he was here, my cousin was here from El Paso. Pastor Brian was praying over him, and just the Lord prompted me, and when Pastor Brian was praying, he said, Jonathan, what in the world do you think I would do if I was standing right there in front of Marco? I said, without a shadow of a doubt, you would heal him. If he just, if he just got in your presence, there's enough on you, Jesus. There's enough that you've got available that you would make sure that all things were new. He said, I'm still that way. And so it struck inside of me, and I was like, why is it that way? And, it, and I believe that there's an atmosphere that is available to heaven. Two weeks ago, we talked about, and Mason actually mentioned this in our, in our, quiet, in our uh, small group, that Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that there is an atmosphere there. This is our foundation scripture. Uh, For this reason, the Son of Man was made visible, was to destroy, to loosen, to dissolve the works the devil has done. Have you ever tried to destroy something? <laughs> How many of you, like a friend of your, or a little, your little brother or something had a toy and you destroyed that toy? Yeah, so what, what happened when you destroyed it? Did it work anymore? No, sadly, that's why you got into a big old fist fight and started screaming, punching, and pulling each other's hair because you destroyed it. And Jesus said, I came to destroy Every single work that the devil has done. Now, let me read you a story out of Mark chapter 5, and I'm going to read out of the message. After Jesus crossed over by boat, a large crowd met him at the seaside, and one of the meeting place leaders named Jairus came. And when Jesus, and when he saw Jesus, he fell to his knees and be, uh, beside himself and was begging, Dear My dear daughter is at death's door. Come and lay hands on her so that she will be well and live. And Jesus went with him. He didn't have to be persuaded very much, did he? He went with him. And the whole crowd tagging along, pushing and jostling Jesus. You know, he had to be a little bit irritated. Like, get off of me. And then a woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of of physicians had treated her and treated her badly, taking all of her money and leaving her worse off than before, had heard about Jesus. She slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, if I can put my finger on his robe, I can get well. That moment she did it, the flow of the blood of the blood dried up and she could feel the change and knew her plague was over 
and done with. At the same moment, Jesus felt energy discharging from him, and he turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my robe? And his disciples said, What are you talking about with this crowd pushing and jostling, and you're asking, Who touched me? Dozens of people have touched you. Now, and we all, if you've ever heard this story preached, we always think that Jesus, in a little bit mildly irritated, stops and says, Who touched me? And I have a feeling it was completely different than that scenario. I believe that he's on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. He feels, a, 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 he feels the flow or the atmosphere of heaven flow through him to somebody else. And I imagine he stopped and I imagine a big old smile came across his face. And he, I, because he, the flow of heaven just happened through him. And I can imagine he said, who did that go to Somebody just pulled on something that came from the atmosphere of where my dad is. Who was it? But he went on asking and looking around to see who had done it. And, I, and I'm sure that he wasn't trying to uh, incriminate somebody, that Jesus was trying to find out somebody touched the atmosphere of where I'm from. Somebody made themselves available. Have you ever been carrying something that was just a lot of stuff? I don't know about you, but I never have the, uh, the laundry basket when I need it. And so I'm always carrying, and uh, there goes a pair of socks, and there goes, you know, a shirt. There goes an, a pair of underwear. I mean, just inevitably, you start dropping things. And if you're like me, you want to try to get it all in one load. So you're like trying to get your foot and throw it back on. I mean, it would be much easier if you just went and got the laundry basket. But is anybody like me? You don't want to be bothered, and so you're just carrying it to wherever you're going, and you leave this trail of clothes along the way. And I have, a, I have an image that that's the way that Jesus not just was, but the, that's the way Jesus is, that he carries around in his atmosphere this amazing, amazing amount of miracles, and he's dropping miracles along the way, and he's got so much, because that was one of the questions in our, in our, in our hot spot, is, is that... Is there enough healing? Why is healing as readily available today as it maybe was in the Bible? And the answer is a resounding yes, that he's the same. Actually, little Cody said that. He's the same yesterday. No, maybe it was Tony. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus is still carrying around this load of health and healing and wellness and joy and love and peace and sound, soundness of mind. And he doesn't have any problem you dropping, dropping some along the way. He's got more than enough. The atmosphere of heaven is enough, are you listening, to flood this planet with all that God is. Let's keep going. I, I love this little lady. I, I want to meet her when we get to the other side of eternity. I want to I just hug her. Uh, but when he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it, the woman, knowing what had happened, knowing that she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling. Bless her heart. She just must have been just precious beyond words. Kneeling before him and gave him the whole story. Are you ready for this? And Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. Now your feelings will start right here. The woman's faith stirred 
was stirred when she saw that Jesus was on his way to heal a little girl. I imagine she might have, and this is just in Jonathan's mind, that she might have just been following Jesus. She was a stalker. She's following Jesus. She's following him. I don't know how long she followed him. This is just all made up, by the way. This is not doctrine. So she's following, and all of a sudden she sees, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? Who is he going to go heal? He's going to go heal a, a little boy's daughter, Jairus' daughter. She goes, oh, if he's on his way to do that. I imagine she like fixed herself up. I'm going in. I'm going in for the count. If he's on his way to heal somebody, guess what? I'm going to get mine too. And something was stirred on the inside of her that she realized that he was in the business of healing. She discovered that the heartbeat of heaven was healing and restoration. This precious, precious woman that I'm going to detail for you in just a few minutes in just a short amount of time, she realized the atmosphere of heaven was, was restoration and healing. The, the Word of God said that she had a blood disease for 12 years. Now, if you go to some commentaries... <clears throat> They list it like this for her. They believe that she might have been, because that's all the scripture says, is that she had an issue of blood. And so they kind of, uh, what do you call it, researched it back to what that might have been. And so they thought that she may have been a type of hemophiliac that had um, uh, not ability to uh, clot blood easily. And so without going into too much details, when you're a lady, there's certain things that happens that, that it's, it's going to involve blood. And so they believe that, that she had a, a issue or a situation that when it was her time of, of her cycle, that it would just be a very, very uh, uh, irregular amount of blood for her. And the Word of God does tell us that she went to many, many physicians trying to get healed of this. So if you can imagine, and I'm not going to go too deep in detail, but this woman who had, and I'm going to give you details in a second, but this woman who every time that this cycle occurred for her, it was just an absolute nightmare. Some physicians that I read commentaries on believe that she would, she would uh, have to, if, if she had a certain condition, and they list all the, the medical current day terms, that she would have to uh, use a product that ladies use once an hour. That's how much she would be losing. That once an hour that she would have to, and I'm about to tell you something that's even just more just mind-boggling for this, this poor woman. So here she was, uh, and can you imagine the effects of losing that kind of blood over that kind of time that she probably was very, very weak and anemic and drained and, and, and not healthy in any, any way. And just the, just the horror of that. The, here's what happened. She, she was physically ruined. That in her inner life, she was physically ruined. Mosaic law would have labeled her in her condition unclean. Now we're going to get into the reality of what this woman dealt with. Mosaic law said that if she, she was unclean, if this condition would last longer than seven days. Mosaic law said if you have this situation longer than seven days, you are automatically labeled unclean. And I'm going to get to that in a second. This woman had it for 12 years. Seven days was a drop in the bucket. 
she would have had to live away from, if she was labeled by Mosaic law unclean, she would have to live completely away. If you remember the stories of the lepers that had to live outside, she would have been that same condition that she had to live away from everybody. If she was married, her husband would have divorced her. The Mosaic law and the rule of that time, just the, the, the way things were, that him simply being married to her that there was no way that he could have marital relations with her at all. If he did, even if he just physically touched her, he was automatically labeled unclean as well. So without a doubt, her husband, knowing that she had this situation, if she was even married, would have automatically divorced her because he he would be labeled in the same situation. And she was physically ruined. Here's the irony of it all. She could not, and I'm jumping ahead, she would uh, have been made him unclean in society's eyes. There's your next one. This woman would, would not have been able to attend church if she was labeled unclean. She had no uh, social standing. As a matter of fact, she had to announce her uncleanliness everywhere she went. If she went into the grocery store, if she went into an Albertsons, can you imagine seeing somebody coming into an Albertsons that had been labeled by society unclean, and they're standing at the door of Albertsons hollering unclean to give you notice to not come near them? How tragic, how humiliating, how degrading. She would have had no interaction with everyday people in the world. The only people that she could have had any interaction were other people that were labeled unclean outside the city norm. She would have had to have announced that she was unclean everywhere that she went. This is the, this is the crazy part of it, is that this woman makes her way into a crowd. She goes into a crowd without announcing her faith was so stirred. She goes into a crowd that she was required by law to announce that she is unclean. She goes and touches somebody. Now, her touching Jesus would have automatically made Jesus unclean as well. But isn't it the awesomeness? of heaven that the woman that's unclean touches the one who is clean and the one who is clean makes her immeasurably clean again. That even though she had to announce unclean, the son of the living God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever turns to this woman and announces her made new. She was socially ruined. If you just want to just talk about the weightiness of this, what this woman had to go through, she was socially ruined, but Jesus came by her way. She knew that if Jesus would heal a little girl, then he would heal her too. Let me just stop, full stop right here and just say that I don't think And I'm not going to say that our faith is stirred to this place. I just don't think our expectation is stirred to this place. That we should have the expectation in 2016 of Jesus still healing in this like manner. 
We always think that it's on us, and it is on us to stand in faith, but we always think, you know, if I just got to a place where I was super, super spiritual, and we prayed the paint off the wall in here, and we, and that's nothing's wrong with that, and I think that's a great thing to have good prayer services, but make no mistake that the, the healing acts of Jesus come by the grace and the mercy of God. We can't look to the Bible and see very many people who whipped out their prayer journal to justify being made whole by Jesus, but them simply coming to the son of the living God, they encountered the atmosphere of heaven that made them whole. And I'm here tonight to say that maybe we should be have that same expectation that people don't encounter a church, that they don't encounter a group of people, that they don't encounter a pastor or a youth pastor or a personality, but they encounter the son of the living God who in a moment's time can change everything that's affecting them. I think that's where we're living. In pushing through the crowd, everyone she touched would have been considered unclean. But she, she knew if she could touch the atmosphere of heaven, everything would change. It's funny that a week ago when I was studying for this, I called a friend of mine who was going through just um, it's just a living hell, just an absolutely living hell. And I was talking to her on the phone and just going through several things. And I was thinking about this story. And I told her, I said, hey, Gwen, I'm, I'm thinking about the woman with the issue of blood. And all she had to do was go and touch the, the edge of his garment, just the hem right there, just that seam right there. And I said, I want you to know that we're in a place as believers, that we're not people stretching and yearning and, and trying to get a hold of him. We, not only, we don't only have the edge of his garment, he is holding our hand. And so as I was talking to her on the phone and, and she just was in a, just a, in a place and, and crying and I was like, you're, you're holding his hand. That we should never get to a place that we say, well, if we can just convince him to do what he did then, then maybe we can have what they had then. And it is absolutely the counter example of that. These were people that were on one side of mercy. We're on the other side of sacrifice. And as being on the other side of sacrifice, we're not pushing through a crowd to try to get to him. We are actually holding the hand that can change everything. That as you go around your day and the people that you interact with and people that you pray for, the people that you're standing in faith for, that you are holding the hand of the healer that makes all things new. I don't know. She could have, and this is what I said. If I was in that situation, <laughs> there wouldn't be no pushing through and trying to just get a hold. I'd have tackled Jesus. I'd have been on top of him. I would have taken him down to the ground and been on him and said, hey, you're going to heal me. <laughs> and I wonder what would happen if we got to that place where we had such an expectation on Jesus that we're not just trying to just get a little bit of him in the place. We're just not trying to get a little bit of prayer so we have a little bit of manifestation, so we have a little bit of notice of him that somebody gets maybe a little tummy. Oh, my tummy's not hurting anymore. That we get some stuff in here that we are absolutely tackling the presence of God and tackling Jesus and saying, you know, we want what you want. And that was the question in, in, your, um, in your hot spot, is that why in the world did everywhere that he went, healing and wholeness and re restoration followed him? 
And you know why I think it followed him? Because he was living in a place that there was so much abundance of the presence of the, of the atmosphere of heaven that it just was a natural outflow that healing and health happened. There was such an abundance on him. And I think, I think that we sometimes think the opposite. Oh man, if we can just get that healing, if we can just get to that place, and God's like, I got more than I can deal with. I've got, I've got too much. Have you ever gone to the, like one of the, like we just had Easter and you go to Kroger or Walmart or something like that and all the candy's on sale? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you got a big old bag of M&M's that's all those Easter colors and it was like $17 when, uh, when, when, before Easter and then the day after Easter, it was like $2.99 for like 17 pounds of M&M's. And if you, and I know what you did. I know what you did. You just didn't go get one of those. You bought every one of those ones they had on the shelf. Huh? Didn't you? Didn't you? And then you go over to the other Easter candy and the, and the, the Reese's, the little egg-shaped ones that have about uh, four inches of peanut butter on the inside of them. Yeah, that package of like six was, was uh, $7 before Easter, but the day after Easter, they had them 25 cents a package. None of us in here would go, I'll have one of those packages. I think I've got a quarter on me. Let's put one of those packages in the basket here. No, I know what you did, you heifer. You went over there and you got all that they had. And this, what was this? 90% off, is that what this is? And you loaded up that basket and you went up there and they rung you up and it was, I don't know, $15.37 for a trunk load of candy. What is that? It's more than enough. It's too much. It's more than you should or, be able, should or should be physically able to eat. Why do we go to Sam's? Because I want the biggest box of Frosted Flakes that's available. That little box that they have at Albertsons for three-something that makes three-and-a-half bowls, I'm not interested in that. I want the one that has about 53 stirring bowls worth of Frosted Flakes. It's too much. Why am I always talking about food? It's too much. But he's a too-much God. He's got more than enough. He's not counting how much healing he has in his atmosphere and in his presence. He put us together. Wouldn't he know exactly what we need? Taylor, if you'll come on down. Number three, that she spent all that she had on doctors. This woman was financially ruined. In this day, in this time of, of, of culture, men were the ones who had financial means for the most part. And there were some rich women in the Bible. If you, talk, if you look, some of them funded the ministry of Jesus and the apostles. But for the most part, women had very, very little. And so for what this woman to spend all that she had, whether she was rich middle income or poor, I don't know, but her to spend all that she had, this was not like she could just go take out a loan. 
For the most part, women in this day did not have very much that they could call their own. But whatever this woman had, she had spent all that she had trying to get well, and she was in financial shambles. But Jesus, but Jesus, the man, always restores. Heaven announced for this woman three things. Number one, heaven announced that her blood condition was immediately healed. One of the cool things about this is that I don't think that she went thinking, I'm going to get immediate healing. I don't know. I don't know. But she went with an expectation of whatever he has, I want. And that's the same today. I think we get the expectation that we'll just take whatever little thing trickles out of it. We need to come and say, you know what? I'm expecting you for to immediately heal whatever I'm believing for. That her social stand, standing was immediately restored. The word of God said that the flow of that blood, she felt it instantly was over. That she no longer had to announce unclean. Her financial situation was solved. Are you ready for this? But the most important, Jesus restored her heart and her mind. The physical thing happened in a moment. The financial thing would just resolve in time. She'd be able to do whatever she wanted to do. Her social standing would just come back to normal. But more than anything, the torment and the years of depression and oppression and self-loathing and self-worth in the same moment that Jesus healed her physically, in that same moment he healed her heart and her mind. Did you catch what he said to her? Jesus called her daughter. And that wasn't just like saying darling or sweetie pie. When Jesus announced to her daughter, he took her hand, this is symbolically, and took the hand of his father and he put them together and he said, you belong to us now. That he took this woman who we don't know, even know her social Situa- I mean, her, her spiritual situation, we don't know if she w- had any means of being a believer. I don't know. I don't know at all. But I do know in the moment that she encountered Jesus, the biggest miracle of all, the biggest atmosphere of heaven was her announcing, but him announcing to her, you are now a daughter of God. She was immediately given family status with a father. Can you imagine this woman who had nothing, who had no means, had no social standing, had no family, had no husband more than likely. All of a sudden, the entire family of God opens up to her. And Jesus healed her emotional and mental torment in a moment. In that moment that this woman simply grabbed a hold of a piece of clothing, 
that she simply grabbed a hold of a piece of material, all the resources of heaven became available with this woman's determination to touch the power of Jesus. More than anything that I want you to know is that he still does it today.